Welcome back to uh, the past 10 years of undercurrents. Uh, today we are joined by Kevin Weghorn, who's the managing director. Uh, we have Patrick Gauthier, our festival director. And we're uh, so luckily joined today by Eric Coates, who is the artistic director at the Great Canadian Theatre Company. Hello, everyone. Hi there. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Uh, so today, yeah, we're going to talk about the move from undercurrents at GCTC to Arts Court. Um, because I mean, if someone's just listening to this one episode, this might be new information for them that undercurrents actually started at the great Canadian theater company. And then in 2015 moved to arts court. Um, and so I just want to, yeah, talk about that process because Patrick, you kind of helped birth, uh, undercurrents. And then (laughs) when you left GCTC did, did undercurrents leave with you or did it stay? Well, not right away. So I left GCTC uh, in 2013 when I got my job here in the fall. And then undercurrents still happened at GCTC in 2014 because it was in process. It had been mm-hmm. planned. It was, you know. And so did you program it or did you, Eric, like uh, the lineup? Yeah, I programmed it yeah. and I, you know, I would always run stuff by Eric as mm-hmm. a music director. Like he had kind of the final say, but it was generally like, yeah, this looks good. You know, or have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Whatever. Right. Like it was a good, a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, I took the lead on the programming there. Um, and then I finished undercurrents 2014 and I was like, that's it. I'm done. It was kind of, it was the hardest thing about me leaving GCTC mm-hmm. was leaving undercurrents. Um, but it was going to continue. So I was like, okay, I, 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 di- I divorced from it in my brain. It was, I was done <laughs> with it, you know, and I kind of wiped my hands with it and I left. Uh, and then a couple weeks later, maybe even I don't know. I don't, I don't remember how long after the festival the decision was made. I don't know, but I'm just laughing at the idea of you divorcing yourself <laughs> and then getting back with your ex. That's <laughs> like, yeah, exactly what happened, thing. right? Yeah. I was like free and clear. I was like, I'm never gonna have to think about it again. This is great, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, just just to, on that. So when Patrick came to the Fringe in uh, late 2013. The, the condition was that he was sort of able to still kind of do a little bit of work on undercurrents. And I think at that time, you, you guys were beginning looking at uh, a search for someone to replace Patrick or what was going to happen going forward with undercurrents. And so that's kind of where, where it left off going into the 2014 frame. Or yeah. Undercurrents, rather. Yeah. I mean, my memory of it was that undercurrents 2014 ended and like that was that. And it was like the search was on and there was a bunch of people that had been in it. There were interviews I remember happening, people talking to me about it. Like, what do you think? And then I remember you and Nancy Oakley, who was GM at the time, you called me into a meeting and I was like, are they firing me? But I've already quit. Like, they, can't, <laughs> they, can't fire, they can't fire me. Um, and you said, we have something to tell you that we're not going to be doing undercurrents anymore, but you wanted to let me know first uh, because you didn't want rumor to get out of me here at the season launch or kind of whatever that yeah. process is, was going to be. Um, and then I can't remember coming here and, you know, telling Kevin and Heather Marie at the time, like, I have some gossip for you. you know? <laughs> but don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> he, led, he led with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> so that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that gossip being that GC wasn't, wasn't able to do the, do the festival anymore. Uh, so Kevin was like, you know, almost immediately, like, well, we should just do it. Is, 
yeah, it was it was probably too quick a decision. Like I thought, I should have thought about it more because <laughs> I was like, because we didn't have the resources necessarily to to pull it off. So, but I was like, my gut was like, well, it, it's because I was at the GCTC previously as well, and I was mm-hmm. there the year the first two years it was there, and um, so I mean, I remember sort of the conversations about its its value to the community and what it was what what the uh, you know the vision for it was, and I was like, well, that's a thing we should be able to keep doing and. And uh, so yeah, my reaction was like, well, can can we can we do it? Yeah. It was I think it was uh, pretty much immediate. Yeah. And then Patrick left the room, and Heather and I looked at each other, and we're like, can can we do it? Is this something <laughs> we can do? So anyhow, so that was yeah. the conversation we started then. Okay. But so before we get too much into the transition here, I want to know about your decision, Eric, yeah. and I'm sure probably a tough decision. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very tough. And, and it's interesting, um, some of the things that just came flooding back in this moment, hearing, hearing <laughs> you talk about it, uh, because it was, it, it, was a, it was a great thing. I was new at GCTC, and I really liked what Patrick was doing with the festival, and it, it just it animated the place during the, the dark months of winter in a, in a really wonderful way. Uh, and really, the, the, the bottom line of the story is the old bottom line. We were, mm-hmm. um, when I came here the um the capital debt that the the company was was struggling with was really really uh, was very hard on everything uh every department was was struggling to to make it through every season and uh what i recognized immediately was that putting more artists on on our main stage was crucial to the survival of the company Mm -hmm. and uh patrick just to wind it back a bit, Pat, so Patrick was leaving, and the, and therefore the sort of brain trust of, of undercurrents was was diminishing already, <laughs> and um, we went through the whole process of trying to find a new person to to run the festival, and sort of halfway through that process, Nancy and I started to have very difficult conversations about the feasibility of moving forward at all. Yeah. And by the end of the interview process, we realized it really it, we needed to put more keep whatever resources we had in the subscription season yeah. in the main stage. So it was a very difficult decision. Um, and if, if I have one regret about the, the whole thing, it was that uh, it was around the communication of that, about being absolutely clear with the community about, mm. about how and why these decisions get made. But when you're right in the middle of them, you 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 you're stuck with yeah. with a communication plan that happens <laughs> in a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, there was like a, a public like giving over of undercurrents, correct? Yeah. 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 What was that? What was that? Well, it was at the season launch, and I don't ha- I don't have so it would have been at the GCTC 2014 15 season launch yeah. then, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't exactly remember, but I remember you saying like, "Hey, let's do it. Let's do a thing. Let's let's do a thing." <laughs> where we'll, well, the place where we would normally announce undercurrents because of the launches previously, we would never announce the programming for undercurrents. We didn't know it, but we'd say, "Hey, here's undercurrents. It's happening, and these are the dates, and it's really exciting." And you know, just to kind of mention it as part of the presentation. Um, so in in that spot in the running order, uh, instead of saying, "Here's undercurrents. It's happening," it was like, "We're not doing undercurrents anymore." But don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I actually gave hey, there was you a gift. It, it was a gift yeah. box. Yeah, it was yeah, a gift box. Like, <laughs> Patrick's leaving. I think it wasn't anything about undercurrents. It was as you know, Patrick's leaving us, and so here's right. a thing we're giving to Patrick to go away. And pa- Eric came out with a like a present. <laughs> oh, that's was, so yeah. good. And I think Seth was there. I just remember Seth Garrett Seth, was there. Yeah, Seth handed well. it. Yeah. What was yeah. in the box? Was it like it was undercurrents? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. No <laughs> infrastructure. Nothing. <laughs> no, it, it was, was it, yeah. like a piece of tape with a logo on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the logo on it. Which we no, we didn't even use it the first year. Actually, yeah. we got we did a new one. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so good. 
<laughs> it was it, it was fun, but but like I say, you know, the the best laid plans, even that, you know, which we thought was terrifically fun and a positive way to say yeah. it lives on. And not only does it live on, but it's under Patrick's leadership still. It's all these good things, and mm-hmm. it's going to be in a, an environment where it's going to thrive. There were still people who were cranky, right? Because I guess because we didn't phone them at home and tell yeah. them, <laughs> you know. Right. So yeah, yeah, what was the community reaction like? Because I've only ever known Undercurrent. I know that's a lie. I did go and was at GCTC, but I was still in theater school i didn't care i was like well a different building you know but was yeah was there backlash or was overall i would say that our respective uh groups responded differently i mean for Mm -hmm. those who are fringe festival goers it was great it was a because we know we it was consistent with what we were doing with you know trying to get new work on stage and, and trying to give opportunities we already ran a festival we were in our second or third year now of of managing the arts court theater spaces which sort of have a mandate to provide opportunities to the local community. So, I mean, our mandate in a lot of ways fit undercurrents, the vision of undercurrents a little more uh, mm. tightly than, than GCTCs did really. So our community was like, this is fa- this is a fantastic move, A, for the fringe, and B, it's, it is an opportunity for undercurrents to to shift a little bit. We have, we yeah, we had some resources here that GCTC didn't have available because they, they still had their main focus, which was trying to do I don't mean to speak for you. No, you're, you're yeah. capturing it quite Yeah, and so the, the GCTC had this, you know, their, their focus is producing a theater season, mm-hmm. where ours is producing festivals and giving opportunities for artists to be on stage right. in a more general way. And we have more spaces and that. So our community was like, this is, this is a good fit. So there was a, actually quite a bit of a, um, a positive reaction from our end. So I'll turn it back to you and sort of say what the feedback you received. From well, I, I think people, people are always very nervous about being straightforward with a with a senior leader in the sure. community, so yeah. no one was was actually approaching me and saying that sucks. Why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. But but I started to hear rumblings, uh, and I and uh, I think I think just questioning GCTC's commitment to the community, and and also um, very reasonable um, disappointment by people who interviewed for the position yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. found out that it actually wasn't Fair. going to yeah. Yeah. stay at GCTC. And again, I mean, all I could say in in that situation is uh, you know uh, how how sorry we were, but. But we conducted those interviews with the full intent of going forward. It wasn't until we were in deep into it that we realized it wasn't it wasn't in the best interests of, yeah. of GCTC. So those are those are difficult things that that crop up when you're when you're an organization that's that's on the bubble like that. So yeah, of course. And so, uh, Kevin, you were talking about earlier about how you probably made the decision too quickly <laughs> to yeah. take on undercurrents. You're talking about how it was kind of because it was important to the community but like what what happened after that like what were the following steps when you're like oh shit we just committed to another festival yeah i mean for so the the you know in the sort of 48 hours because you know the the time crunch for us was we wanted to be able to uh sort of know that we could do it and and let eric know in time so then rather than sitting there at his season launch saying this isn't happening and then having the sort of the, the air come out of the balloon, we could just say it's actually just the batons being passed. I just totally miss. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone knows where I'm going with that. Um, no, 110 percent. So you know, you bring your lunch <laughs> to work. That's good. Uh, so, so our so our time crunch was was to in time to, even though we didn't need to launch undercurrents anytime soon because it wasn't. But we need we wanted to, for the sake of undercurrents and also just to to help with the momentum of the community, to, to keep it. So we 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 had these quick conversations about like. How would we make it work financially? Because mm-hmm. um, the one thing that hasn't been said here is, you know, there was no the funding hadn't happened. Any any grants that were towards the undercurrents of 2015 
would have those deadlines were, were largely passed, passed yeah. Right? yeah yeah so we were sort of figuring out just kind of doing the math on it so it was a lot of quick math on what we could do and then would the artists because you, you know uh would the artists in that first that 2015 year understand that we didn't have necessarily the resources to pay them as we would like to pay them just because we were just trying to keep it keep it going um so those were the conversations we had Mm-hmm. And I should backtrack. I mean, as much as I talk about the positive people from our community, there were still um, there were still concerns about our capacity to do it. Yeah. Because up until 2012, we just did a fringe festival every year, yeah. and that was it, and that's all we knew. So this idea of us profess- p- uh, producing a professional f- theater festival was like, did it? Can they can they do this? Do we have the capability? So we we did. You know, we kind of went through the steps and tried to make sure we could do it. And that goes to our, our board as well. Like our you know, yeah, I was going to ask the board's the board nervous direct. about you yeah. taking on a whole other festival on with. Well, I think we had like a week. We sort of yeah, had it was yeah. really quick. It yeah. was really quick. have conversations to see if we could add this whole other festival. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, well, because there's also you know I think a little bit of confusion too because our organization is called Fringe and then we run the Fringe Festival and we manage Arts Court yeah. Theater. You know, and so like and so then putting something under a fringe umbrella but it's not fringe and you know and so i think i for the most part our community is used to it now but was there like confusion there well, there, the, yeah, yeah. Well, there was there was two kind of camps there was the one camp who was just like are they allowed to do this they're a fringe are they allowed to run a curated festival mm-hmm. like is that a thing that they can actually do which it is it, yeah we're doing it but it is but like it still raised the question of like is it a slippery slope to the fringe becoming a you know like there was that kind of you know old school fringe you know mentality totally uh, and there's also from the you know from the other side of that it's like well they're not professional so they're not they're not, it's not, because they're friends, they're not professional, so therefore the festival's not professional. Like, I remember mm. the first year applying, you talk about grants, Kevin, applying for Canada Council funding from here, and applying for the same grant that we were getting at GCTC, and being told first that we weren't eligible. Really? Because we were a fringe festival. And then explaining to the officer, like, no, like, it's, it's literally the same project. I was literally the same project was happening. It's just the different people writing the checks, right? And then that went off, off the officer chain. And so the officer was like, okay, you're allowed to apply, but you really got to convince the jury that this is, the, you know, so in, wow. in the grants, and I still write this in my Canada Council grants, you know, I remember putting, even though it's produced by a fringe festival, we're professional, we pay guaranteed fees. And that, like, I still, that line is still in there. Uh, because the fr- the word fringe can be so toxic yeah. uh, to some people, right? At Canada Council, they they fund things that we do, but they don't fund fringe festivals, right? But they'll fund undercurrents, they fund underdevelopment, they fund all sorts of things that we do, but just the fringe aspect of it, uh, they're very nervous about. Mm-hmm. So there's that too. And then we also, like, we had to, ch- you know, in this week we're talking about, we had to, like, totally come up with a new model of how yeah. we're going to do this, right? Because GCTC, it was three shows a week, you know, four, five performances each, you know, you know and it, we had this kind of, this plug-and-play model. But here... You know, in terms of revenue, in terms of it's a bigger theater, right? The, the theater space here is almost twice as big as the studio at GCTC in terms of capacity. So we decided, you know, can we do fewer shows? Do we do fewer performances but get more seats? Like, it ended up with a show doing four shows, four performances in Arts Court Theater is more seats than, you know, six shows at the GCTC mm-hmm. studio just by the, the numbers, right? Yeah. So we were able to, like, do some finagling that we weren't able to do to get this, the revenue that we needed at GCTC. We could get it with fewer performances here. Um, so it was, but it was a whole thing, right? It's different spaces and how do we use the studio versus, you know, because one of the challenges at GCTC, you know, all those years was that the lobby was often being used as a lobby for another show in the main stage right. while yeah. the, the festival's in. And then there's noise bleed and there's just like people going into the wrong space, right? Yeah. Like, which happened all the time. Yeah. Um, so there was just all those logistic things that we had to figure out. And, it re- and not, not all those things in a short period, but enough of them to know that like, okay, yeah, we can do this. We can, we can pull this off. Um, but then th- that led just to a bunch of questions that we had to solve during the summer. 
Yeah. Wow. What a process. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> um, is any 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 fun stories from the days of undercurrents at GCTC that we'll want to end on? Any favorite undercurrents at GCTC shows or memories? Oh, lots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and I was only there for, for two of so them, but... But just uh, for me, it was the, the the chance to to be introduced to some artists for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was um, uh, Ingrid Hansen, yeah. the Little Orange Man. Is is it'll always be a highlight. Uh, just watching um, an indie artist who I would not have crossed paths with otherwise just just show up and and uh, and deliver in that way. And the um, uh, Moro and Jasp, you yeah. know, they they yeah. really shook things up uh, in a in a really wonderful way, and it was just just great to have that energy coming into town. Yeah, there's also there was there was Eric's birthday was I think was it your first year there? That was, was it your birthday. Yeah, and we got you a cake <laughs> every year. What I remember about that is is you brought a cake, and it was at the peak of the gluten free craze, <laughs> and no one would eat the friggin' cake <laughs> because the, everybody <laughs> on the planet was gluten free all of a sudden. And I, and I remember walking around sadly with this cake, going, "Did somebody <laughs> eat my birthday cake? <laughs> Anyone?" Oh, we'll get you a, a perfectly fully glutinous cake this That's year. Right, yeah. 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 Double yeah. gluten. Yeah, we also did some things in that. Like, I remember um, Skin. I don't remember if that was the year you were there. It was like yeah, 12 was women the, the, on stage yeah. or something in the studio. At the studio, like, the, the stage space was like a postage stamp when you put the seats in, right? So I have 12 actors on stage or however That's many it was. One. Like, it, it was like, I'm surprised they were able to move, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a highlight just in terms of, like, how we use the space. And that show, it's funny to think of that show in... The, our current space, like we're, you know, we're, we're sitting in the dressing room of our sort of theater now, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to give away something, but we're you know, but yeah, like way to give away a recording <laughs> studio. <laughs> but like the, our current space, I think what that show would look like in our current space, yeah, right, versus how it looked yeah. at that space, and just uh, that was a big thing too. Just like shows that we couldn't program at GCTC just for logistical reasons, like just they wouldn't fit in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to do here, right? I, I remember trying to get Etire Dal show when I was at GCTC, uh, and it just like we didn't have the light. The, the inventory for lights that he needed yeah. uh, or the throw distance for his projector. And then, you know, six years later, we program it uh, as part of the Festival Arts Court. The other thing I, I think is really important to remember is, um, you know, the nature of new play development and how it how it shifts when, when uh, a game with uh, very thin resources, I just didn't have enough money to commission plays the way I, the way I hoped to. Yeah. Public Servant was an undercurrents show that we then partnered with uh, the original creators, which, which eventually it was, was, it was Columbus Theatre Columbus at the yeah. time, now Common Boots Theatre. Uh, we managed all pool resources, Undercurrents and GCTC and Common Boots. Uh, Public Servant came back to GCTC's main stage the next year and sold out every performance wow. on the run. And then went to Nightwood Theatre in Toronto and yeah. did really, really well. So those, those, there were those um, spectacular success stories that came out of it that were really fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, you know what? Eric is looking to program your undercurrent show. That's what he's saying. I'm just Yeah. Well, uh, I can't thank you all enough for for sitting down for this quick little convo about about that move. Um, make sure you check out Undercurrents, our tenth anniversary, February fifth to fifteenth. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Ten Years of Undercurrents, the podcast. The opening song is created by Ali Harris. Our sound engineer is Ted Forbes. The festival was programmed by Patrick Gautier and Britt Johnston. And the podcast is hosted and edited by me, Amanda Logan. 
make sure you check out the 10th anniversary of Undercurrents, February 5th to 15th at Arts Court Theatre.